Andy Ludwig is officially staying with the Utah football team, but what does this mean for the 2023 season and beyond? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is JT still former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking all things Andy Ludwig because he's officially going to be this team's offensive coordinator in 2023 and beyond because that's what his contract is. Andy Ludwig is already the highest paid offensive coordinator in the Pac-12 and he's going to remain the highest paid in the Pac-12 in terms of offensive coordinators because he is not going over and joining the Notre Dame football team as their offensive coordinator after this report from Pete Thamel, which Pete Thamel or Th- I'm sorry, Pete Thamel, I believe it is. Um, You guys can correct me in the comments, I'm sure. Anyways, um, Utah offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig is staying at Utah. His buyout proved an obstacle in discussions with Notre Dame. That buyout was too hefty for the Irish. They did not want to pay that $2 million buyout. And Utah wasn't going to budge off it either. I was reported by Adam Rittenberg that Utah was not going to budge. They wanted to keep Andy Ludwig. So that $2.8 million was going to have to be paid. And we're going to talk about more in the second segment how much I – I think that was like everyone that's been reported, right? That's the sole reason that this didn't happen. I just, I think there's more to that story. But at first I want to focus on just the reaction overall to the news. First of all, this is great. I mean, for Utah, this is not the year to go through an offensive coordinator transition, especially an offensive coordinator coming in at this point when you're only basically a little over a month away from spring ball now. Like this would not have been optimal for the Utah football program to deal with. I think that keeping Andy Ludwig is great. They've, of course, won back-to-back Pac-12 championships with him at the helm. In 2019, he helped Tyler Huntley take a huge leap, and we see the success Tyler Huntley is having now in the NFL. I think he's an outstanding offensive coordinator. Do I agree with everything he does? No. I pull my hair out every time this team runs on third – when every anytime there's a third and long run, I go absolutely nuts. But I think he does a great job using different formations. I remember in the Pac-12 championship game, I believe it was the first play they called was a run. It didn't get a lot of yards. The second play, they spread everyone out and then they brought them back in. I just thought that was a great design, great formation. That's the kind of creative wrinkles that Andy Ludwig does a really good job adding to this offense. And because the conference is so loaded this year, USC. Oregon, Washington, all of which are on Utah schedule. And that's not even mentioning a very tough game at Baylor and Florida coming into town for your first game too. I thought it was absolutely paramount for this team to have any chance at repeating as Pac-12 champs that Andy Ludwig does come back. I didn't think he was going to come back because look, Notre Dame came calling. We, I, I said it yesterday. I think I thought the money would have been a thing that uh, Notre Dame would have won out on. I just, you know, with the state, the f- football program in Notre Dame is, um, I mean, Notre Dame Makes they spent two over two hundred eighty million dollars on a single facility they're putting in. They've made fifty four million in profits last year, and overall they're worth eighty five million dollars as a football program. Utah just had their highest recruiting class ever, and Notre Dame's recruiting class is still higher. So in terms of all those things, I was like, yeah, and the history, the tradition of Notre Dame, everything. They have their own dang TV media rights deal with NBC, so they're pretty well funded. So I didn't think that two point eight million would be an issue if this was really their guy. We're going to dive into that more in a second. So, yes, I believed that Andy Ludwig was going to end up going to Notre Dame. And as I've said multiple times on this show, I'm always I'm very happy when I'm wrong about this stuff because I think it's great that he is coming back to this offense. What did this offense do in 22? We know they won the Pac-12 championship, but how'd they do that? Well, overall, it was 
to get to that point, they averaged 38 points per game as an offense, and they were 17th overall in the conference. And I think that is a credit to Andy Ludwig for a few reasons. And number one being, who was one of the focal points of this offense supposed to be? There are actually two focal points of what this offense was supposed to be, and they didn't end up being there. Number one of them is Brant Keithy. And yes, we got to see Brant Keithy against Florida. We saw him against, um, in a few of the other games too, right? San Diego State, we saw him against Southern Utah. And then for a little over a half, I believe, against Arizona State until they got knocked out, unfortunately. So Brant Keithy is supposed to be a huge critical part of this offense. This offense is supposed to have two dominant tight ends. And yes, Thomas Yasmin did some really nice things later on in the season. But what were Yasmin's two best games? Colorado game and then USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Those came pretty late in the season. So basically, he was out without his who he suspected to be his top pass catcher, right? Because in 2019, uh, 2022, and 2021, who led this Utah team in receiving? Brant Keithy, Brant Keithy, Brant Keithy. So he lost his guy who was supposed to be the focal passing pass catcher in this offense, lost him. Yes, having Dalton Kincaid really helps, but still have to adjust on the fly to not having two of the bet. Whenever Thomas Yasmin came in, Utah still had a good college football tight end duo, but they did not have the best tight end duo in college football. Yes, Georgia fans, I, I said it. Anyways, and also Tavion Thomas wasn't that guy. We thought Tavion Thomas, after he set the single season touchdown record for this Utah program in 2021, would come back in 2022 and set the world on fire with, yes, an offensive line that lost a few players, but still had some really key players coming back. You look at Brayden Daniels sliding over to left tackle, and he had a lot of success too, and it just seemed like he was going to be in for a big year. And look, for a lot of reasons that have been reported and talked about, just things didn't didn't click there with Tavion. So then you're down that option too. And then you have to work on and uh, try to figure out who your running back is. And by the end of the season, it ends up being the guy who was your third string quarterback. So this is absolute crazy stuff that Andy Ludwig had to navigate and did a really good job navigating it too. Um, another thing I think is great about having Andy Ludwig back is having a guy who can adjust in hostile environments and tough games. Look, we don't know what Utah would have done an offensive coordinator if, let's say, Andy Ludwig had gone to Notre Dame. I personally believe they would have promoted Jim Harding. We've talked about that a couple times on the show this week now. Um, it's just tough to go into some of those hostile road environments, have all these big games this year, and you have a first-time offensive coordinator having to make those adjustments on the fly. Do I think he can do a good job? Yeah. Who do I think would do a better job? Andy Ludwig or Jim Harding in that situation? I'm going to take Andy Ludwig, the guy who's already had to do that. We saw the adjustments he made against Florida, too, did a really good job, right? Utah's offense wasn't really clicking, firing all cylinders late. And then he got that team in a position where they were on the one-yard line, I want to say, versus Florida, and then came through that interception. So that's a credit to Andy Ludwig, too, for making those adjustments, recognizing what was working, and then attacking it. I was, I think he does a great job marrying the zone game, the play action, read option, all those different things uh, that Utah does so successfully well. I, I think he's a phenomenal offensive coordinator. We know he has a great relationship with Cam Rising, too. That is absolutely essential when you're talking about having a offensive coordinator, a successful offense, having your offensive coordinator and quarterback be on the same page. That is extremely important. And I think that's one of the great things about this Utah football team is that Cam and Andy Ludwig are so clearly in sync and on the same page. They can go over, they can have that conversation when they're on the phone, right? Because the coach Ludwig is usually up in the box, right? But they can have that phone and be like, I'm seeing this. Like they, they know how each other works. They know how they operate. They know what they want to do. This was a first time OC or just someone within the program. First time calling plays, they would have to adjust and do the things that Cam wants to do. And any new offensive coordinator, too, even if it was Jim Harding, they're going to do things slightly differently than Andy Ludwig, too. And any kind of change is just going to be easier when things are the same carrying over. Yes, there will be new wrinkles, but it's a lot easier to take the basis of what you already know until you carry that over. And yes, how much would things have changed with Jim Harding at the helm if he had gotten the job? We don't exactly know. But either way, this team is in a much better place as it pertains to the 2023 season because he is the offensive coordinator. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like beyond I do feel like that he's going to be the offensive coordinator of this team for as long as he wants to be. Yes, I could definitely see a scenario where things don't go exactly the way they were supposed to, right? And then 
it ends up being it ends up being somewhere else where he where this program does part ways. But look, they've had a lot of success. When you win back to back, it's like they say, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would Utah want to break up what's got going right now? That's why Coach Winningham so clearly didn't want to let him out of this contract. Why, why would you want, especially when you have someone so talented, why would you want to go make someone else stronger when you're like, no, we got the guy we want. He's perfect for the job. He obviously runs the offense that Coach Witt really likes that this team can have. So I think it made a lot of sense that Utah didn't want to let him out of it. I'm not surprised at all that Coach Winningham wanted to keep him, and I'm glad, I'm super glad they got to keep him too. There's been rumors too about like if he's going to get a raise through all this too. I don't know or think if that's the case either way. I think the Notre Dame interest was legit. I'll say that. I mean, once again, it's it's Notre Dame. I mean, there's lots of tradition there. There's a lot of special things you can do there. And I do think there was potential for a raise. Or I mean, like I said, all the financial things seem up in the air, right? Because now we don't even know um, how much money Notre Dame really has if they're not willing to pay 2.8. A million to get their their guys. That should be chump change for Notre Dame. We're, we're going to dive into a lot more of that in a second. By the way, this is great news for this Utah football program that Andy Ludwig is back. The offense is going to be better better because of it. You have the same identity. You have that great relationship too. You know what your run game is. Everyone's in sync. In sync. Everyone is going to be in a better position for short term success because of it. Also, all the recruits that Andy brought into. He's the one who built those relationships. Those guys were recruited to play in his offense. That's still the most important thing when you're looking to choose a school. Yes, you have the couple of the guys who, especially in Utah, right? You have some guys who grew up lifelong Utah fans. They've always wanted to go to Utah. They'd go to Utah no matter what. Most college recruits, they pick a school because of the coach, the vision he has for them in place. Because what does that kid want to do? He wants to win at the college level, and he wants to be developed into a player that's going to put himself in a position to get drafted highly in the NFL draft. And that's we know what Utah offered. And I'm sure Andy Ludwig has pitched to a ton of these incoming recruits. So if he's not there anymore, I think there's a lot of guys who'd be like, I don't know if I want to go join and be a part of that anymore. So either way, really fascinating, interesting situation. The college football has less and less of an off season. It seems like every single year, because there's always crazy news and rumors like this. And the NFL coaching and hiring cycle has such a dwint, uh, dripple down and effect on everything that it really is fascinating to watch and see how it, how it all plays out. But the most important thing is Andy Ludwig is staying with Utah, which is great news for the we're going to talk about how much of this was bio-related or if there were other factors related to the reason Andy Ludwig didn't end up at Notre Dame in a moment. But first, we want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first debt bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy. As you guys know, the NBA season is coming to the midpoint, so still a couple games you can cash in on, a couple Thursday night games, all those things, and still some great stuff for All-Star Weekend, too. How awesome is it that Salt Lake City is hosting the All-Star Game? going to be a lot of fun to check out all the different things that they have coming here to Utah. And after that, NBA season will be getting full back into swing. And when the season really matters, right, I think early on it's kind of confusing hard to bet on NBA games, right? Because you don't know how things are going to turn out, how they're going to play out. But then once you get everyone back together, healthy, all the trades settled in, guys building that chemistry, this is when the games become so much fun to watch, root for, and always fun to put a little bit more on them, right? Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU 
at UCCU. Love Where You Bank is a promise made by local not-for-profit financial institution dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise. They pioneer new technologies that make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. They create new products and services that add real value to their members. They provide easy access to real local human beings who always give personal help or assistance. There are many reasons to love banking with UCCU. And of course, the best way to know why you'll love banking at UCCU is to experience it yourself, which is as simple as visiting uccu.com or stopping by any branch of Floyd K of Nephi shares. UCCU is the best and what a banking institution should be about. They actually care about their members and go above and beyond to get what you really need. They are the best. UCCU, love where you bank. Make sure you guys head over to a UCCU branch or uccu.com to see what Floyd K is talking about. All righty, coming back into this one. So this is the big thing, right? If we're going to put on our, um, I don't have like a old 1960s or whatever detective cap or like the magnifying glass and everything like that. But I, I want to look at this situation a little closer. So was the buyout the only thing that kept Andy Ludwig going to Notre Dame? Adam Rittenberg reported it, said Utah was not going to budge on the price, right? Pete Thamel said that this was a, that the his buyout proved an obstacle in discussions with Notre Dame. Um, we've had multiple other people just say like the money, the money, the money, the money. But then let's look at a couple other things, right? Notre Dame, $280 million in invested in one of their uh, new facilities they're building. Notre Dame made $54 million in profits last year. Notre Dame football is worth $85 million. Something's weird here. I just, I can't, I have a really hard time believing that the only thing that kept Andy Ludwig from becoming the offensive coordinator of the Fighting Irish was a $2.8 million buyout. I know that's what's being reported, but we also know this right? All these guys who do report on these news, they report on these stories. They always know a little bit more than they're actually going to report and say, because they don't want to damage those relationships with the sources they have. They get all this information from people, right? That's a relationship of trust. You give a little, you get a little back and forth. So yeah, I really believe that um, as Thor, my dog gets up in the background for all you guys who don't know Thor on Valentine's day, which I'm recording, this is actually Thor's birthday. So, and hope you guys all had a great Valentine's day too. Anyways, getting back into this. So yeah, I just, this whole situation with the buyout and everything, it just seems really strange to me that Notre Dame football, once again, NBC pays, I believe their new deal with NBC, they want $75 million. Um, So they easily make over 30 million already as with NBC is the exclusive rights holder to the way that um, to stream stream most or just view, excuse me, um, have on their uh, network most of the NBC games. So I just have a really hard time believing that this is the only thing. Now, whether this was just something where it was like, well, we got another, we got other candidates we're talking to too, and we like them just as much, and we feel like the buyout isn't as bad with them. Maybe we'll go in that direction. Maybe that like tipped the scales, right? Where it's like, well, if we could have anyone for free, we would choose Andy Ludwig. But we still, I just have a hard time believing Andy Ludwig was like up here and everyone else is down here, like way separate tier below that Notre Dame doesn't make this happen. That the, that the boosters, all this different things, the way NIL money is used in college football. Now, come on, especially with Notre Dame boosters, you can't come up with 2.8 million. I'm sorry. I just don't think that's the case. So I really think there's more here that meets the eye, whether it's in the end of the day, it's like they had a really good discussion. Uh, Marcus Freeman and, and him really liked each other, a lot of respect, but it's like, you know what? Maybe this just isn't the, the right fit right now. Maybe Andy Ludwig never even wanted to go to Notre Dame. Maybe he was just taking a look, seeing how everything worked. Maybe he did want to do this for a raise, right? Like once again, this is all speculation. We don't know anything, but I have a really hard time believing that the only reason this didn't happen is $2.8 million for Notre Dame. Once again, one of the college football programs, when you talk about college football, who's one of the top 10 brands, you could probably top five, right? Like, especially, I mean, I used to live in the Midwest, so I know Notre Dame is 
huge over there. I'll be in Minnesota and there's literally bars dedicated to watching Notre Dame football in the fall, watching the Irish. Like that's how big this brand is. I know it doesn't mean as much out here in Utah, obviously, but you still see Notre Dame stuff from every, from time to time. And there are lots of people who are really loyal Notre Dame football fans. I've actually met even a couple of them up at Utah even. So they exist. They're very powerful. And once again, I really think this, this, Notre Dame program could come up with $2.8 million if Andy Ludwig was truly their guy. So whatever the reason is, I think there was other stuff that happened here that led to this not becoming a marriage, whether that's philosophy, whether it's slightly the bio, like I said, maybe there's other candidates they really like where they don't have to feel like they, they would need to pay as much. There's, there's a lot of things that could contribute to this. Right. And maybe it was as simple as like, he was um, Andy Ludwig being like, Hey, you know what guys, I've really thought it over. Um, I've moved a lot in my college career. I've really enjoyed being in Utah these past few years, and I'm going to continue to be here because we we're, we're, we've already built something special, and I want to keep that going. That was something I talked about yesterday, right? The ceiling for what Notre Dame can become as a program when it's clicking on all cylinders is higher than the ceiling that Utah can reach. Look, Utah can have a point, right, where maybe somehow they break through and do something special in the playoff. They win a couple games. Maybe somehow they break into the national championship. But Notre Dame is a brand that just carries so much more of a weight. We already talked about the recruiting classes. When Notre Dame is firing all cylinders, it's higher a level than Utah. The problem is it's really difficult to get back up to that level, and you also might not be there to see it out all the way, right? Marcus Freeman doesn't have as much job security as Kyle Whittingham. That's what we talked about on yesterday's show. So what's easier, to try to build that back up or already stay very secure in your job you already have when you've already reached a really high level and you're going to reach a new level simply by accomplishing what you've already accomplished because the goalposts are getting moved because the college football playoff is expanding. So I think it makes a lot of sense Danny Ludwig wanted to stay at Utah. And if I had to guess and speculate, um, put on my tinfoil cap and all that stuff, um, I think that Andy Ludwig wanted to stay at Utah. I think that's the number one reason this happened, more so than a $2.8 million buyout. When once again, this school is worth 80, this football team is worth $85 million and they're going to have a TV media rights deal that absolutely blows that out of the water. They, and that all of these numbers I just threw out there, right? That doesn't even come close to factoring in all the NIL money that's shifted and thrown around in all these different ways. So if Andy Ludwig wanted to be at Utah and if Notre or if Andy Ludwig wanted to be at Notre Dame and Notre Dame wanted Andy Ludwig to be there, I believe it would happen. But one of those things didn't happen. It has more to do with the $2.8 million buyout. I know I'm being a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I'm sorry. There's too many factors in this that just don't add up in terms of it being like, well, $2.8 million is the only reason this didn't happen. Something smells a little fishy, to at least to me, about that. But either way, it'll be interesting to see what the Irish end up doing with their offensive coordinator search. And for the Utes, once again, just puts them in a better position to succeed in 2023 and beyond because offensive coordinators like Andy Ludwig are still hard to come by. As much as I want to see Jim Harding get an opportunity, I think he would do a good job. I don't know he would. I know Andy Lud what Andy Ludwig can do with this offense, and even when he frustrates me, he still does an amazing thing, and it's a lot hard to have a top-20 offense in college football. And that's what he's been able to do, and part of that's because of the great players he's brought in, recruit those relationships he has and everything. So it's going to be fun to see what the future holds for this Utah football team. We're going to come wrap up and talk about the short-term future for the Utah men's basketball team because their season is getting really interesting as we come down to these final two weeks before the Pac-12 tournament down in Las Vegas. But before we dive into all that, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at RC Willie. RC Willie is hiring delivery drivers in the Salt Lake area. If you're looking for a rewarding career with a great group of people, come work for RC Willie, Utah's largest home furnishing store. RC Willie is currently hiring for delivery drivers at their largest warehouse by the Salt Lake City Airport. Delivery drivers are the face of RC Willie. And they're looking for a great delivery drivers in the northern Utah area. 
Compensation for delivery drivers is $24 an hour during training, and our average delivery driver makes $50,000 to $80,000 per year. RC Willie offers a $1,000 sign-on bonus and hands-on training, including CDL training, but no CDL is required right away. Many of their employees have been working with them for over 20 years. With a modern fleet of delivery trucks, RC Willie provides themselves ongoing the extra mile for their customers and their employers. RC Willie associates say they love their job and the benefits are great. And the culture at RC Willie is one of the best. Come make a difference and join America's home furnishing store of choice. Apply online at rcwillie.com slash jobs. That's rcwillie.com slash jobs. All right, coming back in this one to close out with a little bit of Utah men's basketball talk. So for the Utah men's basketball program, overall, still, look, really successful season, right? 17-9, only won 11 games last year. It's been a great season. And the toughest stretch of their season, when and it's been, look, the college basketball season is crazy long, right? Like the first game was all the way back against Long Island back on November 5th. Think about how everything has changed since November. I mean, the position Utah was in after that Oregon loss to the Pac-12 champs to then the Rose Bowl and like all this crazy stuff to even just like we just talked about our offensive coordinator nearly going to Notre Dame. Like just it's crazy how much stuff can happen over the course of a college basketball season because it's legitimately that four month block of time until you get into the postseason play with those tournaments kicking into high gear. So it's been a long season and their hardest stretch comes now. Yeah, road trips are tough, but you know what's really tough? Going to Arizona and then coming back home and hosting UCLA and USC. So this Thursday, the 16th, Utah travels to the eighth-ranked Arizona Wildcats, who, yes, we beat once. But that win, compared to all our other wins, um, we could talk about what's Utah's second-best win on their schedule. I mean, that that win at Stanford looks pretty good with the way the Cardinals kind of turned it around, right? Like, taking care of this against Washington, um, Cal. But, like, you think about all the other losses, right? Two losses to Oregon, losses to USC, losses to UCLA. Yes, there were factors then in there, but those were losses. TCU, Oregon, Mississippi State. There's a clear best win for this Utah football team. And the next one, it's kind of like a little bit of like, a okay, like that's a still a really good win, but none of them compare to that win against Arizona. And look, it's really hard to get top four wins. Once again, when you look at all of this Utah basketball team's next best games, they weren't able to come on top in them. And yeah, there was a couple of them you can argue like, oh, hey, they did get this one. This was one of the better games for sure. But if you look at their next games against those ranked opponents or those borderline ranked opponents, those tournament teams, quad one and two, as we talked about before with Josh Newman on this show, Utah hasn't made out great outside of that Arizona game. Uh, and Arizona is going to be ready, right? Like we know what Tabellas can do. Um, Bello, this this is a loaded roster. This is one of the best rosters in college basketball. It's amazing what uh, Coach Lloyd has done there in just his second season. I was talking about that someone with that recently, by the way. Like second season um, to be this to be this good once again. Like it's just crazy, and it speaks to the credit and the the job he's done as a coach too. So. Um, that's the game Thursday. It's going to be really tough to win in their place considering we already beat them. They're going to be really fired up. And once again, they're the eighth-ranked team. They got a shot at a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, that's something they want to hold on to. We're going to come back to the NCAA tournament, by the way, in a second. Um, then on Saturday, you take on Arizona State at 4 o'clock. Arizona State is also really good. I mean, just in general, let's talk about this stretch, right? Let's look at how the top five teams in the Pac-12 stack up. UCLA, Arizona, Utah, USC, Arizona State. Obviously, Utah's third in that. Those other two teams are Utah's next four games. So that's a brutal stretch schedule when you have to face the top of the conference at this point in the season when they're firing all cylinders and playing really well. And yes, Arizona State has slipped a little bit as late, but Bobby Hurley's squad is still capable of good things and is not easy to read win on the road in college basketball. Um, to even I know they got the curtain down there, which is one of the fun traditions too, but that's a really talented Arizona State team, and that's not going to be an easy win to get. And then coming back home, you just get a brutal road stretch, right? You get UCLA at home. Bruins currently fourth right now. They're trying to lock up a one seed too. And 
Um, Coach Cronin, one of the best coaches in college basketball too. Um, fire, fiery guy for sure, but uh, he gets the best out of his guys for sure. Tiger Campbell and the squad, what they've been uh, they've been able to do down there. And then you get Saturday, you get USC, right? That's going to be a great one. And how great is it right for that game on um, Thursday and Saturday that the curtains are going to be open? Um, should be a packed house um, for the game. I know I'll be up there for sure covering it. Would love to see some of you guys or meet some of you guys up here. Um, we talk about this a lot, but can't thank you enough for all your support on the show and everything as we get closer to kind of that thousand range that was something i didn't think we'd be able to hit as quickly as we're on track to do right now so thank you guys again and uh once again would love to meet some of you guys at the games um next thursday and saturday when ucla and usc come to town but those are going to be brutal games because trojans as well a really strong team um yes they haven't been as good away from california but Still going to be really tough to beat. So this four-game stretch, I mean, this is Utah season, right? I was actually just reading an article on ESPN Plus that talked about how Utah is still alive. They're still on the bubble, right? I mean, if you can go even two and two in this stretch of games, then I think you put yourself in a position where you win two to three games in the Pac-12 tournament. I think you still got a shot at making the NCAA tournament, maybe being one of those last four in. Um, Joe Lenardi, you can see what he where he ends up ranking Utah. But I really think, I think if you go one and three, then you're really setting yourself up of like, and then, oh, and then, I mean, it's possible you go 0-4 in the stretch too, and then you're not making the tournament. I think unless you have this insane run, obviously they could win the Pac-12 tournament itself, but that's just going to be uh, really difficult to do, especially with Gabe Madsen still not back quite yet. Hopefully he is back by the time that the that they play on Thursday. I haven't heard any official word or update on that yet, but it's going to be something interesting to see and to track. But um, once again, it's been an outstanding season under Coach Smith. Um, Brandon Carlson. Um, all Pac-12 kind of season for sure. He's averaging 16 points. I saw per 40 minutes, he gets to the free throw line um, five times, so constantly putting the other team in foul trouble. And he makes 85% of those free throws too. Modern big man for sure. We know Marco Anthony provides as a veteran leader and defender for this team. We also know what the other guys write. Stefanovic, what he's done as a six man, and then kind of coming in the starting lineup. Raleigh Wooster does a great job running the show. You never know what you're going to get from guys like Kay Bakisa and Will Exact, but it's always fun to see. We saw Jackson Bradley step up recently. Like, so who's going to be the ne- the guys that continue to find a way to contribute off the bench? Ben Carlson's playing some of his best basketball as of late too. So Utah basketball is doing a lot of really good things. And man, do they have a tough stretch coming up here when you talk about that. The eighth ranked team, the fourth ranked team in the span of two weeks, and the other two teams, Arizona State and USC, both top five in the conference. So we're going to learn a lot about this Utah basketball program and especially what the outlook should be for next year. They already way exceeded expectations this year with the not just the win against Arizona, but already winning 17 games. They got a great chance to get to 20 wins overall on the season. That's not even factoring in whatever NIT or whatever the postseason play would look like for the Utes, but either way, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it shakes out for the Utes over these next two weeks and heading into Pac-12 play. Um, they do wrap up their season with a game at Colorado. That'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Utah did just beat Colorado 73-62, to so always fun action going on for the running Utes inside Pac-12 play. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the women's team, I mean the fourth-ranked team in uh, Division One women's basketball. I mean, absolutely exceptional. Um, all the credit in the world has to go to Coach Robbins. Um, or excuse me, Coach Roberts, for what she's been able to do. Um, obviously, as well, when you look at the rest of that group, Alyssa Peely, all of them, we're going to have Sammy Moore on to talk about that and a few more matters pertaining to the Utah football program. But we thank you guys for tuning in to this edition of Locked On Utes. If you're in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Expert Isaac Shaden, Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, coaches, players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast appreciate all of you for listening once again that's going to do it for today's news of the lockdown Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow